0: What's up, y'all? Today's episode is with none other than Savannah, the net worth nurse. In her rookie season, this is her first year investing. She has closed 15 units over a couple of transactions, all during COVID, all just having two young kids, all while working a full-time job. Uh, Incredible, incredible, encouraging story. But before we get into the meat of today's episode, huge, huge freaking shout out to Blast7. That's an iTunes user, Blast7. Blast left us a five-star review on iTunes. It says been listening to this show since about July of 2019, and man, has it been great! Learn something to every new episode. Thanks a lot, Jay. Blast seven, you are extremely welcome. Thank you for the review. Thank you for being an avid listener. And man, let me know. Let me know your actual name. I know iTunes doesn't allow you to do that a whole lot. So let me know your actual name, and I'll give you the proper shout out that you deserve for that review on iTunes. Thank you guys. Thank you for that very much. And if you're interested, go to iTunes. If you're an iTunes user, we'd love to, to see those reviews and comments. Uh, that's the only way we can actually interact with you here on the podcast. Other than you can send me an email, J at w2capitalist.com. But it's real quick and easy to leave a uh, review on iTunes. And it helps me get the show out, get, get more people know it. it helps with the whole algorithm thing. It only takes about two minutes to do. And I will be forever grateful if you'll do that. The more of you that rate and view it, the more we'll get to help others build the wealth that you're doing as well. So speaking of building wealth, if you've ever taken a minute to total up just how much you pay in finance charges to banks and credit card companies and mortgages, student loans, cars, vacations, you name it, you'll see that in your lifetime, this money that interest easily adds up to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, that's hundreds of thousands or possibly even millions of dollars that you could be putting to work for you right now. And then pass those earnings on to your kids. It's almost too good to be true. And I, I fought that fight for, for four years. And then finally, this guy by the name of Mark Willis came along, flipped the light switch on me, and I was like, oh, Savinia. Awesome, it was freaking amazing. So I am now using this bank on yourself wealth building strategy that used to, only the uber rich people could use or only knew about to use. And that's why I've partnered with Mark here on the podcast to to make sure you guys know about it. But not only did I partner with him, he is also my agent, right? At the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a link to connect with Mark for a free 15 minute consultation to discover if the bank on yourself, create your own source of financing strategy is just right for you. But for now, let's get into it with today's episode in Savannah, the net worth nurse. Savannah, the network nurse, is a full-time registered nurse in Los Angeles, California. She uses her skills as a leader in healthcare operations to manage multi-family syndications. She also helps busy medical professionals create passive income through real estate investing. She also happens to be a fan of Kanye, which we jammed out before we hit the record button. Let's bring her in. Savannah, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. I'm super stoked to be here.
0: So if you guys are uh, just listening to this on the podcast, you need to go to YouTube because the intro is going to be Savannah and I jamming out to Kanye West power because we're both getting pumped (laughs) up. I'm I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So Savannah, the network nurse, we're talking about the name. I love it. I love it. I love it. But let's talk about what you've been doing and how you got started. So there's a lot of things that I want to talk about today, but I want to, because you're you're nursing, you've been in nursing for how long now?
1: Oh my gosh, 2020, seven years.
0: Okay. All right. So now you've discovered this thing called real estate and you've been starting to invest, and now you've started to create this brand uh, for other nurses to find out more about how to do exactly what you're doing. But why? Why get started in real estate? Tell tell us the backstory of of why you got to this point.
1: Yeah, I got bit by the real estate bug very hard. I was on maternity leave with my second (laughs) daughter watching YouTube videos, um, stumbled on Bigger Pockets real estate investing, just started watching everything and anything. On my walks with my daughter, I was listening to different podcasts, um, looking up to see different niches within real estate and what you could do with it. So husband and I started investing in single family homes to begin with. We um, tapped into our home equity Um, under the CARES Act. We were able to tap into our retirement accounts as well and get started on that. And then after listening to more people and kind of researching more, um, the biggest feedback that I heard from people who had been doing it a long time was them regretting that they didn't scale faster, like wishing they would have gotten into multifamily or um, commercial real estate a little bit sooner. So I started looking into it and all of that it entailed and how different it was from single family buy and holds and just different things that you could do with it. And we went full force into multifamily syndications. Okay.
0: Wow. So, so uh, not whole, it's funny you say that you got writ- bit by the real estate bug and um, there's a guy in the mastermind who he he's about to finish his masters right for the field that he's in and we're talking about he goes but i don't know what to do because i'm i am i've discovered real estate this is definitely where i want to go i don't i don't want to do my job anymore like i i seriously talked to my wife last night about leaving my job and i'm getting my i'm graduating with a masters in february for my job. He goes, yeah. I don't know what to do. I was like, well, you and I will get on the call and we'll see if we can get some clarity in that. <laughs> but, um, I it's, it's amazing when people get bit by the bug, they get bit pretty hard because it's just like the blinders come off and you're like, I'm ready to run. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, that's incredible. So two. how many units have y'all closed on? This is the first year you bought your first properties this year. And now you're up to how many units?
1: Yes. We have two single family homes over in Georgia and then a 12 unit that we're converting to a 13 unit up in Oregon. And then we're submitting LOIs on some bigger multifamily deals right now. Wow.
0: Okay. So 15 units, year number one, not even your number one. Cause when did you, when did you no. close on your first property? Like six uh, months like ago?
1: A little bit before, but yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> I've been full force into this real estate thing.
0: Awesome. So yeah. let me get this straight. Does your husband work?
1: Yes. Yeah. All right. We so both work he, full-time jobs.
0: Both work full-time jobs. You, you you have two kids now. One is uh very young, at least. Um, and you've been able to close 16 units during COVID.
1: Yes, yep.
0: But wait, that's not supposed to happen like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's freaking I
0: mean, incredible. That's that's extremely awesome. So but you're you're so. Let me get this straight. You're in California. You bought some single families over in Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever visited those properties?
1: No, I we have not. <laughs> We've never been to Georgia. <laughs>
0: How in the hell do you buy a property in a place you've never been before?
1: Yeah, that is the cool thing about technology. Uh, Even while, so these were new built townhomes, while they were were getting built, we have an app on our phone that showed us all pictures of the interior on a weekly basis. We were updated to everything that they were doing. Um, Our uh, property manager, the builders that went would take us on video tours of it, answer any questions. We had zoom calls with people with technology right now and then the ability to research the Georgia market and why we were wanting to go over there. I mean, you can go on Google and literally walk the streets and cities. So there's really no excuse as to why even with travel restrictions right now with COVID, we had had a, tra- a trip planned over there, um but it was right in in spring beginning of summertime and it was just kind of just not a good time to go. And we were like, okay, do we really, really need to go? Um, we were able to see everything was so transparent with everything that was going on with the transaction. We felt comfortable purchasing and closing without seeing the properties.
0: That's awesome. So this is not new construction. This is, you bought this pre-construction to where, um, I mean, you guys watched the building process.
1: Yes, um it's a new development. So the the we were able to pick a couple different, they had two different models over there. We picked the larger models with their banking system. We were able to get into both homes with so 15% down. So we do have the PMI on each house, but it was worth it for us to be able to stretch that money and get into two because they've already appreciated in the last six months that we've bought in them. So it's been a really good investment so far. Um but yeah, they weren't they were not built before we purchase them um but before we even they were finished being built the property management already signed a year lease for tenants in each <laughs> building for for a year before they were even done being built so wow I'm sure yeah
0: so what what's the play on those because a lot of times when people think of new build you know you're really banking on appreciation right you're not yep. really you're not really doing. Um, Doing those for cash flow. A hey, properties usually just don't don't cash flow. What's the what's yeah. the long term goal? I mean, what what is not the long term goal? What's the goal for these properties? Are you guys gonna look to to sell them here, like within the next six months? Or are you looking to? I mean, what's the plan? What's the no? Plan?
1: These were more of buy and hold investments. We wanted okay. to get our capital into something and kind of sit it there, let it appreciate and potentially So our home here in Los Angeles, we bought it. It was a new build. We bought it before it was done being built as well. Within three years that it appreciated over a hundred thousand dollars. And we were able to tap into that equity, use it as a down payment for these two homes. So we were thinking, nice. wow, if we were able to do that on this home, hopefully potentially in this appreciating market, submarket of Atlanta, Georgia, which is huge right now. If it even appreciates half as much as our home here in Los Angeles, we could potentially use the same thing, tap into the equity, or I mean, we're flexible with the exit strategy on those properties. We could potentially sell if we just feel like we want the the more capital, or yeah, it's intentional gotcha. buy and hold though.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, so let let's uh, let's agree on something that cal the markets in California appreciate like no other.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 So. It,
0: it, it. And, and they I don't have they ever come down like I, I've always heard that they just keep going up and up and up. And a lot of the shows that we don't get to watch TV because of all of our kids, it's whatever they want to watch. It's not worth the <laughs> argument. Yeah. And quite frankly, we don't have the time. So um, but the, when, when I used to watch the shows on HGTV, it was it was like, all right, here's a California it's a house in California. Uh, Doesn't matter what market it was in. Seems like. It was like a three, two, and it was $800,000 or $900,000. And my wife and I looked at each other like, holy it's, crap.
1: It's you know? insane. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. But what drew you to Atlanta uh, or the submarket of Atlanta? Uh, which, which, which market are we talking about here?
1: Um, it's union city. It's a okay. Southwest area of over there. Yeah. It's right next to the airport, which is one of the biggest international airports in the world right there in Georgia. It
0: is. It is. Have you <laughs> ever flown through there? And you haven't flown through there cause you haven't been. No. Um, I hate that airport. <laughs> I, it is. A matter of fact, when, when we've flown in the past, i try my best to make sure that our route doesn't go through atlanta because almost every route in the southeast will go through atlanta and like there's i know there's been at least twice where we didn't go somewhere because we were going to go through atlanta i was like no we're not not doing it
1: say that same thing about LAX and LAX over the last two years have has gotten so efficient at their security Mm. checkpoint I used to get at the airport two hours before now I kind of push it I can get there an hour before and you seriously make it through security within 10 minutes I'm not even kidding you go through the entire security checkpoint I like and I've flown frequently in the last few years and it's it's pretty good
0: i can't say that about atlanta because i haven't been there recently Um, Uh i'm sitting here trying to think i think the last time we flew out flew um we actually drove to atlanta to fly from there instead of changing planes which is like a six hour drive (laughs) anyway we flew to boston and um i think that was two years ago that's No, no 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 i'm sorry it was four years ago last time i was on a plane anyway wow so you know, had the the single families, and you got the bug and then now you—how did you find this place in Oregon? What, because uh, I, I mean, now you're you're in Atlanta, you're in a southeast, you're in a market you've never been to. You're mm-hmm. living in California. Have you ever been to Oregon? What's the story yes. there?
1: So my family lives there. So I frequent okay. up there often. It's Oregon's absolutely beautiful in the summer. I couldn't handle the rain in, in terms of living there. <laughs> uh, in the summer, it's beautiful. Um, there's a lot of big markets over there. I mean, Portland is huge. Eugene, where the U of O is, that's where my parents live. We were actually looking into that market more from curiosity, like what do things sell for up there? What do people have to offer? What type of deals do they have? Really just looking to see what was up there. And we ended up connecting with a really great broker who was sending us pocket listing on off-market deals. We made it really clear to him what we were looking at. We were very specific with our parameters. We were looking for a smaller multifamily, like 10 to 20 units, very strong value add component. And he he found this uh, one, which a 12 unit that had 25 percent below market rents and the opportunity to turn a storage unit into a studio, um, huge value add components, and it ju- it was just perfect for what we wanted to do. And that was your first syndication, you so you first right? Syndication. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. All right. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah. A market you've never bought in. Uh, let's skip over that. We just, we just talked about it in Atlanta because you're, you're familiar with that area. And you said the U of, uh, is that where University of Oregon, is that what you said? U, U of O?
1: So it, it's close. It's, it's a okay. root town very close to where we purchased the property. We bought on a coastal market. Um, okay. Eugene's a little bit inland, but it's the closest bigger city next to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. How did you find this realtor? Cause most realtors, um, at least in today's market, they put their pocket listings to people who have purchased from them because they know they can close. Right. Yes. Um, but, but you never bought a property in the area. How did you find the realtor? How did you convince them to start sending you pocket listings? Cause this sounds like a really good deal. Mm-hmm. How did did you make that happen?
1: He, he's from, he's on Marcus and Millichap and he's a young guy in his early 20s. So he was hungry, Hungry. super motivated. We were too, I mean, we were in constant communication with him. We would give him feedback on every deal he sent over to us. We, We were talking to him, texting him. He was, he was very eager to get us something that we wanted. And partially, I think he was very hungry, but he's been great. I mean, even since we closed on that, he's still sending us pocket listings and we just put an LOI on one. Uh, this
0: week. All right. Let's talk about that. What, what tell us, tell us, you don't have to tell us like the number, the address or anything, but tell us, tell us Uh the numbers.
1: Another strong value-add deal in a city kind of close to where we were already doing it. So we'd have the same property management team take it over and we love them. She's been so great in terms of rolling out our business plan of a very strong value-add. I mean, that's a lot of work for a property manager. So getting someone on board who's willing to raise rents that much and oversee a construction project is it's very important. And we just have such great rapport with her. And so the fact that she could manage this other property was a huge, huge plus for us. And also a little bit bigger than our last one. It's about 30 uh, units and um, yeah, a little heavier capital raise, but we're stoked off it.
0: So the 12 unit that you are converting to a 13 unit, you said it's a very heavy value add. What's what's mm-hmm. the game plan? Are, are y'all, um, is there something you, you're doing immediately? Uh, is there something that is, that's happening later on? Like is units turnover or or are you guys just like hitting it real heavy so you can get out of the deal or or is it a long-term play for you?
1: So we're hitting it heavy, our exit strategies within three years, but the rents, like I said, 25% below market. Um, I think what steers a lot of investors away from the Oregon market is the rent control up there. But I mean, being from California, we're very aware of the rent control laws and it's um, for the year 2021 with the CPI, Um, And the annual uh, state rent control, it's at um, 8.9 to raise. And with our business plan, we're able to make that happen. Um, So she's starting that day one. Once we closed on the property, she went out to the tenants to have them sign new leases and gave them a 90-day notice that we were going to be increasing rents 8.9% over the next year. She said every single one of them signed it. And especially in this market, everything that's been going on with COVID, this building has had no delinquencies since the beginning of the year. And she has said even on other properties that she manages in the area, she hasn't seen a lot of um, issues with tenants paying rent just because it's such a strong rental market. Wow. And then well, the other component a- was the renovation of the studio unit. And we already started on that as well. So we're really rolling into our business plan to reach those returns for investors within the three years.
0: So let's talk about rent control for a minute, because I hear about it. I avoid states that that do it, but I don't, I don't really know much about it, if that makes sense. So, so explain this to me like I'm five years old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the, the state has a rent control, usually, at least in Oregon, it does. And then there's different cities within the state that have different rent control parameters, too. So if you're looking at California, Sacramento's rent control laws are a little bit different than Los Angeles City. Okay. Um, so you need to be very familiar with the differences in that. And um, working with a property manager who's very knowledgeable in that is important. Also, it does change every year, the CPI consumer pricing index will change that portion of it. But then you add that onto the state rent control and it gives you the total of what you're able to increase it over the year. Um, okay. And like you said, I mean, you're just proof that investors hear rent control and they immediately <laughs> look somewhere else because they don't even want to dive into it and kind of see what it all entails. It's, yep. it's a huge deterrent for investors. And we're finding in the Oregon market, it's really not as competitive as a lot of these other markets like Georgia, Reno, Arizona, Texas. Um, I I, I don't hear about anyone investing in it on any podcasts, any meetups that I go to. So it's been kind of cool in that respect. I guess,
0: you know, I, I know some people who invest in New York and they're um, they're struggling right now to collect uh, because of the moratoriums that are put in place. And yeah. I know that's different than real rent control, but it's one of those things where if that's the mindset of the government, I don't know. I'm going to babble on, so I'm going to stop that. <laughs> Let me ask you this about. Rent control. So, rent control allows, says how much you can increase or lower the rent whatsoever. I mean, and that's it. Or what else is involved with the rent control laws?
1: So, and then in, in different parameters in terms of how much notice you need to give tenants when you're seeing the rent, how often you can do it. Um, okay. So, Prop 26, that almost got voted into Los Angeles, it was basically saying that even when a tenant moves out, you can still only raise rent by a certain parameter. Even if if they move out you can't jack it up to market rents if it was 25 below market rents you were only wow. able to rate so that was crazy. it didn't get voted in in california but it's it's made a lot of investors here very weary of investing here you can hear a lot of um people from california kind of fleeing especially los angeles because of that proposition yeah. that got almost got voted in um so there are a lot of different parameters There's are state by state and almost city by city
0: see that's that's wild um mm-hmm. Has it ever happened or is it the possibility there for uh, a municipality to come to you and say, no, you got to lower rents? I mean, is that part of rent control too?
1: I haven't heard that. I I can't imagine where that would be in play. I think something kind of similar to it would just be not being able to evict people for not paying their rent, which is kind of what's been in place with the COVID thing. Right. Um, Like you mentioned, New York, that market was hit very hard in terms of people's jobs. The market we're investing in in Oregon, just the overall job Fields that are over there, it's it wasn't hit as hard as some of the other bigger city or just different markets for work.
0: That makes sense. Maybe I need to um, re look at this whole writ control markets and and really dive into it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of the government being able to tell me I can or cannot do something. <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. A lot you of know, and- but it's <laughs> kind of like Section 8 housing. A lot of people don't like Section 8 housing for a lot of different reasons. But then I yeah. hear on podcasts all the times people killing it with the Section 8 housing and, and using different strategies. It's really just developing a different strategy for whatever market you're in. Every market kind of needs a different strategy with what you're yeah. trying
0: to do. You're right. And I looked at it, it was not too long ago. It was, um, probably four or five months ago, I looked at a 45 unit. Every bit of it was section eight. It was 100% Mm -hmm. section eight. So it was in a rough part of town, which is what ultimately drove me not to do it. But I was talking to um, one of the bankers that I have and uh, I was like, look, I know you guys have rules about if so much percentage of it is section eight, then, you know, y'all aren't going to even look at it or whatnot. I said, but what about a whole thing that is section eight and, and, he sat there and he paused for a minute. He goes, you know what? He goes, it is very small, but he, he said our, because if I think about this right now, he goes, section eight is probably the only guaranteed um, income, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I, I don't think section eight tenants would have, I mean, they're still paying rent reg- mm-hmm. regardless if there's a moratorium in place or not. Right. And yeah. so it made him think about, I mean, we didn't go forward with it. They weren't going to change their banking policies, but it, you know, here's a banker who's been in the business for quite a long time and they've had a very strong stance on it. And now he's like, you know what? <laughs> uh, it's almost the only tenant that you can have that's guaranteed to pay. Right. Unless yeah. something crazy yeah. happens, but who knows, mm-hmm. who knows that is, that's interesting. That's very eye opening. Uh, and kudos to you for not listening to what the norm is is and figuring it out on yourself. I think that is incredibly awesome. Um I also want to give your husband some credit cuz I know he's part of your team as well, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys yeah. made this decision together. So, how is it working with with your husband side by side, right? And yeah. raising two little two little kids. Like what's the what's a day in the life of the household look like for y'all?
1: <laughs> so, it other is than, easy-
0: it, other than chaos. You can't sum it up yeah. in one word and say chaos cuz <laughs>
1: We have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so it's constant chaos and no to everything. That's my biggest argument. Well, there's the problem.
0: You just need to say yes more often. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> As
1: my three-year-old. Uh, it's, it's a team sport. We work very, very well together. Um, getting him on board with the real estate investing. He was very open to it, but obviously I was on maternity leave. I was digesting all this information. So I was like, super excited about it. I'm like, we got to start doing this This is what we need to do. And he'd come home from work and be like, whoa, 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 like slow down. Like what, you know, I need to catch up to you. Give me a minute. So he started reading some of the books I was listening to. And if we were going driving somewhere, I let him listen to like a really good podcast that I liked. And um, so really getting on the same page in our interests and just like knowledge level about real estate in in general. Um, And then at one point we sat down and got very specific on our why and why we wanted to do this. And it was after researching it more, it was like, wow, this, this can put us in a position five, 10 years from now, if we work really hard at it to be free of our time and not have to work these jobs. I mean, we both love our jobs right now. It'd be hard to imagine ever leaving nursing, but just to be in a position where we could be there for our daughters, for all their extra extracurricular activities or just different vacations. And just having that time freedom was big for us. That was our major why. I mean, right now we work eight hour days. Our daughters go to daycare. They come home around like 5 PM and we just get a couple hours with them before they go to bed. And we soak up all the time with them on the weekends, but it was just something that, okay, we don't want to do this forever, especially when they start getting at ages where they have all those activities going on. And so we got very specific on our why and like what steps we needed to take over the next five years, then break it into three years, next year, you know, month, what we need to do to make that happen. And we just went full force on an action plan and we for the first couple of deals, we were both very involved in every aspect of the transactions with talking to property managers. That first deal we syndicated out, we really wanted to be on uh, both of us on the calls with the lawyers, just because we really wanted to understand the legalities of a syndication because you're handling hundreds of thousands of dollars of other people's money. And uh, we just wanted to make sure we did it right the first way. And every, every step of the process we went through together. And then afterwards we kind of just naturally sectioned up different tasks that we needed to do um, he does a lot of the deal finding co- co- um, communicating with brokers he does underwriting um, submits the offers, LOIs, that sort of stuff. And then I kind of transition into like investor relations, um, building the newsletters, um, coming on the podcast and talking about what we're doing and that sort of thing. Um, so we work well together and just kind of make it a team sport. Um, when after our work day and we have our daughters here, we do make it a very huge priority to be with our daughters. We really don't even have our phones with us after work until they go to bed and we come home, we do dinner time, bath time, bedtime every night together as the family and then usually after that we'll spend a few hours doing real estate together or separate just kind of depends that's
0: something I need to get better at is putting the phone down <laughs> I mean I'm here all day with them but it's still you know it, it's still it's uh especially here recently you know when the kids come here daddy I want to play I want to play I want to play I can't you know let's let's do this afterwards or whatnot and the look on their faces uh when I do that it's uh it's It's gut-wrenching, but um, anyway, that's, and so thank you for, for sharing that. It's uh, another um, echo in my ear, hopefully for the listeners as well, that uh, spending time with your kids is, is just amazing, right? It's it's precious. And there's only so much you know, it's what I'm trying to get at is, is it, we're going to look up and they're going to be teenagers. Cause we have a six, three, and one is, uh, so we're in a three and one with you there. Um, but we're going to look up and they're going to be teenagers and they're not going to want to have anything to do with us. Right. <laughs>
1: My husband reminds me this all the time. My one-year-old right now is kind of backpedaling and she's getting into our bed every night, just crying in the middle of the night. And it drives me crazy. And in the morning, I'm so exhausted. And I'm like, when is she going to sleep through the night? And my husband's like, in a couple years from now, she won't even want anything to do with us. She's going to be big and grown and she won't want to come cuddle in our bed. And I'm like, you're so... Right. So taking advantage of it. And another tip I have that I just did recently in terms of the phone thing is I recently got onto LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram, YouTube. I didn't really have any of those accounts before and I'm doing it now to kind of get the net worth nurse out there and what we're doing. And I had the notifications just popping up on my phone constantly and it would just inadvertently, you know, redirect my attention over here to my phone, even with, when I'm with my kids mm-hmm. and on walks and that sort of thing. So what I did is I went into all my social media accounts and turned my notifications off. And it was so, it was like a breath of fresh air. And now I feel like I'm even more productive because now I intentionally go into the social media apps. I go into Instagram and I'm more intentional about what I'm doing and connecting with people and that sort of thing. And it's not like, you know, distracting as much.
0: Yeah. I, I, I did that exact same thing. And then I found um, Russell Brunson's uh, book. It talks about dream. I don't think it's the name of it, but he talks about the dream 100, right? The people, um, the influencers that I want to learn from. And that's the only people that I follow on social media, right? Um, And even with Facebook, even though that's my first exposure to to Facebook, I had up to like 5,000, the max or whatever. And then here recently, I was like, you know what? my feed is full of crap from people that I don't know of. And I, I bought right. this app to, to, to narrow that down. And now I think I'm down to like a thousand or, or 1200 people that actually, that I know that engage with me. Um, and I'm like, you know what, I don't need all those people sitting there and seeing all their, cause I don't even know, them. I don't even know right. what they're doing and, and it's distracting and, uh, waste a bunch of time because I will get in that and I'll dig and I'll dig. And I'm like,
1: it's hard doing? not to.
0: <laughs> it is addicting. They figured something out with that one. Um, you said something earlier though, and I wanted to come back to it is in is, that now I've lost my train of thought. Hang on a minute. All right. So you're, you were all about this. You were on maternity leave, you were soaking up all this investing knowledge. I have several conversations throughout the month where. The, the man is on board or the woman's on board, but the spouse is not right. Mm-hmm. And, and typically these are people um, I've started coaching people mainly on mindset it really has nothing to do with how to analyze a deal or anything like that. It's mainly <laughs> on mindset to get over, paralysis analysis right Mm -hmm. and the very during the discovery call one of the questions that i ask is is your spouse on board Mm -hmm. and if they're like well no like okay first thing you got to do is get your spouse on board where i'm not even going to go in this endeavor with you for the next 90 days unless they're on board and they say yes and how did you though how what was the thing you started introducing them to the podcast and some stuff that you were listening to What was the thing that really pushed it over the edge? He was finally like, all right, yeah, let's do this, right? Because you guys went from him not being on board to now you have 15 units and you submitted an LOI for another 30, right, Mm -hmm. very quickly. So something you did sparked that fire in him and he caught the bug as well. All right, guys, I want to take a break from the interview with Savannah real quick and let you know about the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. Uh, As I'm recording this in December, we just passed... Uh, not only fifty thousand downloads for the podcast, but we also down uh, passed surpassed fifty members in the W two Capitalist Mastermind, something we're calling the REI REI family. Uh, so December for W two Capitalist is not December twenty twenty; it's December fifty fifty, right? But the Mastermind is a virtual Mastermind built for all experience levels, niches of real estate investing. We have over, it's crazy to think about, we have over 20 calls that are hosted at various times all throughout the month. And it's a way for you to get connected with like-minded people from across the country who want to see you succeed, who have been through what you're going through and want to help help hold you accountable to building your own success. Uh, I'll give you the link at the end of the show as well, as suggested next steps for you to join. Now, let's get back to the interview with Savannah.
1: Yes, Um, a couple key videos I think on bigger pockets that just sort of did the math, and then the Robert Kiyosaki book. I know everyone talks about it. That you know, rich dad, poor dad. Everybody should. Everybody
0: should talk about that book. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it is, it's such a phenomenal paradigm shift for, for everybody who consumes it, especially when you have young kids. Like I, I found it when, uh, we were six months pregnant with number one and I was like, holy crap, why, why have I not heard about this? And I started telling everybody about it and they're like, yeah, I know about that book. I was like, <laughs> no, you don't. Because if you were a true friend of mine, you would tell me that I need to go read it. You right. Know? And now for everybody that I know that's having kids, that is the gift that I give them is that that book. But anyway. It's
1: it's so great. It's a good mind shift, that one. And then uh, Michael Blanc's Financial Freedom Through Real Estate Investing, That, that just really brought into terms how you could scale Passive investment syndications, really just the power of real estate, and he breaks it down into a lot of different numbers and how you can see visually what you can do with your wealth. Those two books were huge. He read those, and then also the tax advantage book, um, Tom mm. Wheelwright, who's Richard yep. Cordray's um, advisor. Yep. That one's really good just because we do get hit hard by taxes during tax season because we work full time, decent jobs. And it yeah. was kind of a way that we could make all our money work for us. And really just seeing being able to pull from our home, our home equity and use that to buy more houses was just a huge light bulb. It's like what we're using all this. That's our you know, money with a pulling it out with a low interest rate it's just leveraging really and then buying something that's appreciating giving us cash flow every month doing that and just seeing the power of money in action was a huge light bulb for us
0: yeah so this year your tax return this year should be freaking amazing um i, I don't know since we've started investing in real estate i don't know that i've paid over 10% um, yeah and
1: you're gonna be a I've,
0: real estate investor this year right? Oh yeah this I'm real well, the only thing is we, we have we have a couple of transactions that are we sold some stuff this year and we've we yeah. have our 42 unit under contract to sell. We were supposed to close on it two weeks ago. Uh, by the way, this episode is gonna come out in January uh, late January. So if you're listening to this in January, recording this uh the week before christmas so um anyway the uh it was it's supposed to sell we're gonna do really really good at that so i'm like uh, maybe maybe we can wait till next year (laughs) you know Uh i'm I'm not pushing it i'm not pushing it to try to get it closed. of course we had a hurricane come through and there was some damage and the insurance and the bank are trying to work out what's the best way to, to offset it anyway uh, but yes, uh, our tax situation is going to be tremendously different this year as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that number going down. I, I, um, I, you have, a, you have a CPA you said.
1: Yes. We've yep, yeah. got one yeah, real estate specific one.
0: Yes. Uh, for anybody listening or watching do that, do, do not do what I did for years and try to do it on yourself because I didn't want to share my numbers with anybody. I didn't want, didn't think anybody could, do this like I wanted to, you know, and I was, I was happy with paying 10% on taxes and everybody kept, when they found that out, they're like, Jay, as much stuff as you do, why don't you pay a CPA to do it? I was like, cause nobody, they're like, just, just do it. You know, they're trying to beat me over the head with it. And the first couple of years that I hired CPA, we paid uh, a little over 4%. Next year was a little over 4%. And then last year was a little over 8 and I was like, huh, yep. Well worth it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, so any, if you, any of you guys are listening and you're hesitant, hire a CPA, but don't hire just any, hire a real estate investing uh, focused one for sure. And if they have, if they have uh, holdings themselves, which most of them do, that's even better. It's even better. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you too. So <clears throat> I, there's a lot of people who Are afraid of is something we talked about before uh, we hit the record button, but are afraid to put themselves out there. And I was one of them. Uh, Hey, this is, you know, I'm investing in real estate. Matter of fact, um, I was very uh, concerned about putting stuff on social media because my bosses at the time I was friends with, they were seeing stuff. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, one of my partners, that same 42 unit I'm talking about, when we closed on it, we bought it, one of my partners posted it, tagged, tagged me in it. And a couple of weeks later, I'm, I'm at the office and the president of our company comes over and he gives me a real hard, like, you know, grab on my shoulder. Uh, and this guy was like a black belt in some sort of karate whatnot, um, <clears throat> professional bodybuilder, all this other stuff. He leans in, he says, Hey, I want to, I want to know more about this real estate investing stuff you're doing. Right. Nervous as hell. I was like, yeah, man, I'll I'll tell you everything you want to know. (laughs) But ever since then, ever since that it came out and for that company that I worked for, um, there was always this question or kind of looming black cloud. Hey, what's Jay really focused on? Right. And it came up in meetings. It came up in reviews. So I stopped putting that. And I was telling them, look, guys, what I do before, you know, after hours has nothing to do with how you guys pay me. Uh, never had a client leave, you know, have the biggest MRR uh, for our account base. And and unless you're saying I'm not hitting the mark, then we don't need to talk about what I do after hours. By the way, I get up at 4.30 in the morning to do all this stuff before I clock in at 7.30 or 8, whatever the case is. Still didn't, you know, there was this big black cloud over me. Um, then I went to then then I left that. Co- finally, we got acquired enough times that I was tired of it and left and to another company. The day I was uh, my first day on the job, our international um, VP of sales introduces me to the entire sales floor of hey, he made me do this intro and he was like, okay, that guy's being really humble. Let me just tell you, he does some really cool shit with real estate investing. So if you want to know this, you wanna know how to grow your net worth, go talk to him, go take him to lunch, go buy him coffee or whatever. I was like, "It's a totally different world over here. And it was great. And then, uh, but for those folks who are questioning, hey, should I put stuff on real, uh, real estate investing? I'm afraid my boss is going to, how did you get over that hump? Would you recommend other people do it? Like, um, I have my own thoughts, but I'm curious on, on, um, I'm yours. Right.
1: I love so much of what you just said. Um, specifically it's, I know we were talking about this a little bit before, but it's hard to put yourself out there as in terms of building a brand, which is what I started doing recently, really just building a brand, building the social media outlets to connect with people. And it's so important because you get your message across and offer your services in a way that's more reachable from a lot of people because people are all over social media. But it was very hard to take that leap, especially Me as a nurse, you know, I started putting it out there that I'm doing real estate and they're like, wait, you do real estate? You're just, you're a nurse. Like what? Like what? (laughs) I almost felt like what business do I have in the real estate world? I'm just a nurse type thing. And it was kind of my own limiting beliefs and so it's so messed up, but it's, 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 it's true though. You feel like, you know, who am I to come out here in this world of all these other big dogs out here doing it? You know, there's huge people in real estate that are killing it. And I look up to them and they're a huge reason why I got started. Um, but, but you almost feel like, Oh, I can't, too many people are already doing it. I can't get out there. I can't raise capital. There's already way too many people doing it, but The thing is like you, people's personalities come through, you appeal to different people, different people, trust different people in terms of different real estate transactions. And I think it kind of ties back to that spousal support that you emphasize in your mentees, because my husband was my biggest cheerleader and still is. I did a huge presentation last night and he left a little note on my keyboard, like, make sure you slow down. Love you. You're going to do great. (laughs) And just like little things like that, like it makes me feel empowered to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And the first couple of posts I put out, like even on Instagram with my friends and stuff, I wasn't getting a lot of support through like my friends and family. And it made me feel like kind of weird in the space. But immediately when I started connecting with more real estate investors, they were so juiced about it. Oh my God, yeah. I love what you're doing. I love your brand. I love what you're putting out there. I want to follow what you're doing. Let's connect. I got all these calls with different real estate investors. So it's honestly just a different World with real estate investors, that whole community. And that's why I say your network is your net worth because when you work with these people so juiced about real estate and just are so empowering, motivating, inspiring, they are your cheerleaders. And even though yeah. I wasn't getting that from my friends and family a lot, I mean, you know, besides my husband and my close family, but I wasn't getting that a lot from them because they don't know the real estate world. And, you know, so they're not their own fault, but you come into this world of real estate investors and they're, it's, they're so encouraging. I love it so much. I yeah. love the the little family I've created in real estate.
0: Yeah, and it, it'll continue to be that way and it'll continue to evolve and, and you'll look back and be like, all right, I, I definitely do not have the same friends uh, or you probably still have them, uh, you know, but you're not gonna be hanging around them as much um, yeah. and, and you're gonna have this whole new, Family. That's a uh, the REI family is a, a term that's tossed around quite frankly uh, a lot in the the master the W T Capitalist mastermind is very cool. I want to encourage everybody who's listening to this right now take some advice from Savannah's husband. What's her, what's your husband's name? Lupe. Lupe. Take some take some advice from Lupe. Pause this episode right now. Go tell your spouse, your significant other, whatever they're trying to do. Tell them that you're proud of them, that they're doing a great job and that you fully support them. Because if you're like me, my wife hasn't heard that a whole lot. And we need that reminder. So Lupe, thank you for setting that <laughs> example and allowing us to follow you. Um, because it's, it's, it's very important to know that, uh, you know, even in my wife's business, she has her own business, she's built up very nicely. Um, not because her friends and family supported her a whole lot, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just one of those things it's like, Wow. That's interesting. (laughs) Uh, So so for, for some of us, that spousal support is all that we're going to get right now, right. Until you guys break through. And, And so spouses, your significant other is waiting to hear those encouraging words from you. So go do that now. Just pause this, text them, call them, Send them a video message, whatever it is. And then, and then come back and we'll, you'll hear the next segment, which we're going to move to right now. It's called off the wall, right? Are you ready for this?
1: I'm ready. So
0: this is three random questions. I have this little app on my phone. That uh, pops up three random questions. They are family friendly for the most part. So they're not, don't, they're, there's nothing to be scared of there. Um, I'm going to skip the first one because it says, Does the sight of blood make you queasy? And it better not with you being a nurse. So we're going to skip that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, would you rather have a cool boss and learn nothing or a strict boss you learn from?
1: Oh my gosh. This is a hard one. Cause I've had both. Um, my boss right now is so amazing and a great leader. I'm going to go with strict and learn something from just cause I love and
0: growing hands down every time uh, yeah. I, I do too. I'm with you. And there's, um, there's some strict bosses out there that you don't learn from, you yes. know, and they're, they're just dicks. I mean, I you know, lying. they're, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the last boss that I had, uh, he was very strict, but man, that I learned a lot. Uh, it yeah. was, it was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So next question, what is the coolest nickname you've ever heard for someone? <laughs>
1: Oh man, this is a hard one. Um, I'm gonna go with my youngest daughter, her name's Isabel Shea, and my oldest daughter calls her Izzy Shake, and it's the cutest thing ever. Izzy Shake, I, it. I like
0: it, I like it. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, let's see, all right. Oh crap, that was a good one. What's the biggest lie you once believed was true?
1: Mm. I guess kind of what I was talking about before, like you don't deserve room in this space. And that's a self-limiting belief. And I think a lot of people suffer from it and are are victims to it. So overcoming that, you can do it.
0: Hands down. Absolutely. We are brainwashed since the moment we enter kindergarten that um, through the governmental education system that we can't do this. So I I always uh, posted something a couple of weeks ago that I fully respect the people who like you can break through and just continue to do it. I think it's amazing. And partly I feel responsible that you and I are both, um, you know, responsible to get that message out there, right. To, to carry that rich dad, poor dad flag and and to make sure everybody, uh, now some of our friends and family are never going to get it. They're just not, and they're going to look, you know, I, I had, uh, guys who very close to me, I consider them brothers, you know, And when I told them I was doing this real estate investing thing, they, they, they uh, gave me some nicknames uh, that probably don't need to be repeated here. And even to this day, I, they don't want to invest with with Mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, guys, you see what we're doing. You see what we're doing for our investors. Why not? And they're like, well, it's real estate. It's just, you just never know. It's like, (laughs) okay. All right. Sounds good. Anyway, all right, Savannah. It was extremely nice talking with you today. If somebody has questions or wants to find out more about what you're doing, the syndications you're putting together, um, which by the way, are you are you raising money outside of friends and family, or or uh, we didn't even um, talk about that? We I skipped right over that.
1: Yes, we are. We're we're thinking about that. We still have friends and family interested, so we might do the five hundred six b route just because we want to give them the opportunity to invest again. But we do plan to do a uh, um, accredited investor breeze
0: Nice. Very nice. All right. How can people find out more about you, connect with you and all that good stuff?
1: The Net Worth Nurse under every social media handle, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You can find me under The Net Worth Nurse. And that's also my website, thenetworthnurse.com. And you can email me at savannah at the I love connecting with people. So please reach out. I would love to chat. And Savannah is S-A-V-A-N-N-A-H, correct? Yeah.
0: Awesome. Savannah, thank you very much. Uh, Look forward to seeing what you guys do. in, In a year from now, I want you to come back. And because I was thinking about this too, you guys don't know what it's like to close a deal outside of, of COVID, right? Like the, I, I think one of the pictures, I one of the pictures I saw on Instagram, it looked like you were signing the closing documents at your kitchen table or some we kind were. of breakfast. Look. And I'm like, she doesn't know the value of driving to the closing office and getting this big freaking paper. Well, you probably still got that too, but you, I mean, y'all don't know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which is you know it's extremely it's an extremely interesting story. Um. Uh, anyway, Savannah, thank you very much. I look forward to ke- connecting with you uh very soon. And um, happy holidays to you and yours. And we'll see you next year.
1: Thank you, Jay.
0: All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Savannah. I love that tip that our husband did there. As a matter of fact, before I recorded this outro, uh, I called my wife and I just uh, laid it on her. I said, hey. I don't do this enough. I just had this conversation with Savannah and, um, yeah, she let me know what her husband Lupe did. Uh, I realized I don't do this enough. So guys, I'm serious. If you have not, if, if you did not pause the episode earlier and go and tell your wife how amazing she is, ladies, if you did not pause the episode earlier and go tell your husband how amazing that he is. Do that now. Do that now. And then come back and listen for the next steps. But if you've already done that, then here are the next steps. Here are my recommended next steps for you. Number one, get connected with Savannah. She, all of her social media links are at thenetworthnurse.com. You can find those there at thenetworthnurse.com. Second step from he, from here is I think I owe you a couple of links, right? So go to w2capitalist.com forward slash bank to connect with Mark Willis and learn more about the bank on yourself, create your own source of financing strategy that I'm using to, to basically fire my banker. All right guys, and the last recommended step for you, if you are interested in any way, joining us in the mastermind, you can find out more information at w 2 caplesscom forward slash mastermind, w 2 caplesscom forward slash mastermind. But I would need to let you know straight up front, we don't let just anybody in the first step in getting through a process and getting kind of into the onboarding process is you got to take a quiz and you can find that quiz at w2capitalist.com forward slash quiz w2capitalist.com forward slash quiz q u i z or you can simply go to w2capitalist.com and you can click on the quiz button at the very top right hand corner of the screen all right guys that's it make it a great day and don't forget to get out there and earn invest repeat.